All right, we're in a series uh, called Frequency, Tune In, Hear God. I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, uh, John 15 and Genesis 18. And we'll, we'll actually start in John 15, we'll go back to Genesis 18, then we'll come back to around John 15. Um, but if you just, if you can only turn to one, turn to Genesis 18, because it's a longer passage and I want you to see that. Also, I want to encourage you uh, to get the book, not because I'm trying to sell books, because we always do it at a discount for Gateway Church. It releases nationally uh, this Tuesday. Um, but I'd love for you to be able to read the book while we're doing the series and to, to allow God to speak this truth in your life. This could be one of the greatest truths that you ever learn, and that's how to hear the voice of God. So, um, so we're in this called Frequency, Tune In, Hear God. And uh, this week, the title of the message is, I'm a friend. I'm a friend. If you remember last week, it was, I'm a sheep. So in just seven short days, you've gone from being a sheep <laughs> to now being a friend. So turn to someone beside you and say, I'm a friend. Now say to that person, say, but you still smell like a sheep, okay? All right. So let me give you... Let me, let me, let me uh, give you something to think about when we talk about this. Let me give you an illustration of two types of a friend, and you see which type you would prefer, all right? Let's say that you're in the hospital, and, um, and you and I are friends, and so you ask me to come by and visit you, and I come to the, the front desk, and I drop off some of the books that I've written, and I say, would you deliver them to this room? But I never see you, never talk to you, never sit at your bedside, and yet we've been friends for 20 years. But, but I never actually, I just drop off some books that I've written for you. Or I show up at the hospital every morning before I go to work, sit with you for an hour or so and talk, come in the, uh, text you a few times during the day, come in the evening, sit with you again, uh, sneak in some fast food, Okay, I want, I want to take a little poll here. How many of you have ever had a friend or family member in the hospital and you snuck in food? Can I? Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, all the rule breakers. All right, so, so which friend would you rather me be, the guy that drops off some books that I've written or the guy that comes and actually sits and talks with you? Okay, I, I hope you never forget this. God wants to be the type of friend that sits and talks with you. He doesn't want to just drop off some books that he's written for you to read. Now, I'm not minimizing God's Word at all, at all. I'm simply saying that that is not the extent of God's friendship with you, that he just wants you to read the books that he wrote. He wants to sit and talk with you, especially if you're in a bed of pain. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be that type of friend. So in John chapter 15, look at verse 15. It's easy to remember, John 15, 15. Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you, what? Friends. I call you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And this made known 
In the English, we have two words, but it's only one Greek word, and it means spoken. I've told you. Why? Why does God talk to us? Because we're friends. Okay, so let me give you three things about God speaking to us, right? Here's number one. God does not speak to robots. God does not speak to robots. Okay, you may have never thought about this, but we communicate two ways on earth. We communicate mechanically and personally. Mechanically and personally. In other words, when we communicate to a machine, we communicate mechanically. But when we communicate to a person, we communicate personally. Now, you might say, well, I don't communicate with machines. Yeah, you, you probably have yelled at your car before, but that's not what I'm talking about. You do communicate mechanically to machines. For instance, if you want your car to go, you communicate for it to go by pressing the gas pedal. If you want it to stop, you press the brake pedal. You, you see, you are me- communicating mechanically. Does everyone understand? If you want words to appear on your computer screen, you communicate mechanically to your computer. You press the, the G letter when you want the G to appear. You save the document. You tell it to print, you know, things like that. You know, I can remember years ago, I first got my uh, computer, you know, I, I hit print. My son knew about it, but I didn't know about those things. I hit print. You know what it said? The, the computer cannot find the printer. I turned the monitor. I said, it's right there. Okay, so. But you communicate two ways, mechanically and personally. I'm telling you, God does not want to communicate mechanically with you. He wants to communicate personally. He wants to talk to you. Now, when, as we're talking about this, we're talking about communicating to our car, and we talk about, I'm not talking about yelling at your car, but I would like to just ask the question and see if I'm the only one here. Do you ever talk to other cars? <laughs> what, do you, what are you doing? I do it all the time. And, I, and, and let me tell you, let me just get something off my chest because there's, you know, 30,000 of you here, all the affiliate churches all the people watching on the internet and all the people watching on television. Let me please listen. Get out of my lane. <laughs> please. I, and I'm going to help you because some of you don't understand this. There's a slow lane and a fast lane. Get out of my lane, okay? Come on. And then listen, I know some of you do it because you're stubborn. You think, I'm going the speed limit. He can just, you know, he shouldn't, you know. Listen, the, the, the right lane is for driving. The left lane is for passing. Get out of my lane, please. And then when you finally get a place where you move over, you don't move over. And then I have to go around you on the right. And it is standard procedure. If you have to go around someone on the right, you give them the look. Is that right? Now, don't give them the gesture. That's not right for believers. But give them the look. I, mean, I, I went around a guy a while back. I gave him the look because you're supposed to give him the look. And then about 30 seconds later, my phone rings. This guy said, Pastor, did I do something wrong? Okay, I'm, I'm telling you, though, God is, does not want to communicate with you mechanically. Let me say it another way. God is not trying to just input data into your life to get a desired result. 
God wants to be your friend. Have you ever thought about what's, what is the main reason that we want to hear God? You know, unfortunately, the main reason that most of us want to hear God is for direction. Now, here's the way I say unfortunately. I think God does want to give us direction, but I don't think that's the main reason that He wants to communicate with us. I think the main reason He wants to communicate with us is because He loves us. It's because He actually wants to be our friend. It's one of the most amazing truths in the Bible that God wants to be your friend. He wants to talk to you. All right, so look at Genesis 18. I just love this. We're talking about God speaking to humans. It's all through Scripture. And here is a great conversation with God that Abraham had. Genesis chapter 18. It's, it's a long conversation, but I think we need to look at it. And here's what I want you to do. I, you might not be in the habit of laughing when you read the Bible, but there are things in the Bible that are funny. And I just want you to watch what Abraham does, all right? Because I think God laughed personally. Genesis 18, look at verse 17. Now, the first part here, by the way, he's talking to Abraham and some other men. There are other people hearing this conversation, all right? And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him. Again, this word means talked to him. In order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has, what? Spoken to him. No doubt God speaks to people. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Now watch verse 22. Then the men, that's the other men, turned away from there and went toward Sodom. See, there were other men standing there. But Abraham, watch carefully, still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now, before we go on, um, I just want you to hear, if you want to know how to hear God, two things right there. Stop what you're doing and draw near. I mean, look how simple that was. The rest of the men walked away. Abraham stopped what he was doing and drew near to God. So, it's very, very simple. Stop what you're doing and draw near to God, all right? Now, watch, this is where, to me, it'll start getting funny with Abraham. Verse 24, suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Watch this. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this. Can't even imagine he's trying to manipulate God here to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, indeed now I am who but dust and ashes, and I've taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. I mean, I just think that he's just really laying it on thick here. Suppose there were five less than 50 righteous. Would you destroy all of the city for a lack of five? So he said, if I find there 45, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there should be 40 found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. 
So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And then he said, indeed now, I've taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry and I'll speak. But once more, suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. Now, here's the reason I want to show you this. The Lord went his way and Abraham turned. Here's what I think the Lord did. I think he turned around, walks over to, you know, uh, this could have been Jesus talking to him. So, walks over to the Father and the Holy Spirit. Maybe Gabriel and Michael were there. And I think he said something like this. I like that guy. (laughs) That guy's so cool. Did you hear hear him say, far be it from you? Did you hear that? And he, he knew he was going to 10, but he started at 50. Did you see that? And then he said, I'm just dust and ashes, you know. Here's what I think God said. I think he and I are going to become good friends. I think we're going to become good friends. I'm telling you, I think God liked that conversation. He likes talking to people. So, he doesn't speak to robots. Here's number two. God speaks to people. God speaks to people. We, We just read a record of a conversation of God speaking to a man. But we have lots of them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam and Eve in the very beginning, Moses, David, Solomon, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, and in the New Testament, all the disciples, and Paul, and Luke, and even Cornelius, who was an unbeliever. It's amazing. So, we have this record, and here's, here's what I want to say to you. Why would we think? that the indwelling Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit would speak less to people than He spoke in the Bible. Why would we think that God would send His Spirit to dwell within us and yet make Him mute? Now, you can't talk to Him, though, because I wrote Him a book. That's what people say, because God wrote the book, He doesn't speak anymore. He's got to be about to burst up there in heaven. And the Holy Spirit's living inside of you, and and he's like, I wish I could tell him, but I can't talk. I'm not supposed to talk. Okay, well, that's exactly opposite of what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Back in John 16, we were in 15 a while ago. Here's John 16, verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things, many things to say to you, not impress upon you, but to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you in all truth. Now, someone might say, yeah, but it says guide, doesn't say speak. Hold on before you talk, okay? Look what it says, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will, what? Speak. The Holy Spirit will speak to you, and He will tell you things to come. That's Jesus talking. Tell us about the Holy Spirit. He will speak to you, and He'll tell you things to come. See, I think that one of the biggest problems we have about hearing the voice of God is that we think that He spoke differently to people in the Bible. We think that it was audible. And it might have been sometime. It might have been. But Elijah said it was a still, small voice. 
We think about it being this booming voice. And there are times when God speaks as thunder and others around heard it too, okay? But I'm wondering if sometimes when he spoke, he spoke just like he does now, and it's, he speaks to our hearts. Here's the reason I wonder that. Hebrews 11, we call it the hall of faith, not fame, faith. We've got all these people that by faith, they did something by faith. Okay, if it was so undeniably God, why would they have to do it by faith? Moses was talking to a bush and said, what's your name, you know? (laughs) Abraham said, let me know this is you. Uh, Gideon, everyone knows about Gideon's fleece. Here's what Gideon said, Judges 6, 70, show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Well, if it was this big booming voice, why would he say that? You know, we think it's this big booming voice and we think like in the cartoons that their hair went straight back like that. And God just, just spoke, you know, like that. Okay, if that's the case, then Hebrews 11 wouldn't have said by faith, it would have said by fear. They were scared to death. So that's why they did what God told them to. Why would it say by faith? Faith, they had to believe that it was God speaking to them. I submit to you that many people that heard God in the Bible might have heard God the same way we hear God, in their hearts. That's why they had to move by faith. So there is a, a teaching out there that since once the Bible was complete, God stopped speaking. Years ago, most of you know I was a part of Shady Grove Church, Pastor Olin Griffin, who's one of our apostolic elders, and the, the church was part of a denomination. And when they b- began to move in things of the Spirit, the denominational, they had a credentials committee that called him in to talk to him about it. And they talked to him, they questioned, asked him questions for about three hours. And basically they got down to, um, if you had a prophecy in the church, do you believe that's God speaking? And Pastor Olin said, well, considering the human element, obviously it has to line up with the Word. You know, there are lots of criteria on that. But yes, I do believe that God can speak through a person. And they said, well, that's where we got you. Their exact words, that's where we got you. Because God said everything He's going to say in the Bible, and if you tell us that God told you something, and you can't give us a book, chapter, and verse then you're adding to the Bible, and you know what happens to people who add to the Bible. That's what they told him. If you can't give us a book, chapter, and verse, and you tell us God told you something, you're adding the Bible. So Pastor Olin said to these four men who were pastors here in the Metroplex, he said, you, you men have been asking me questions for about three hours now. Can I ask each of you one question? And they said, sure. Now listen to what he said. Listen to how cool this is. He said, who called you to preach? And the head of the committee put his head down like that. And he said, Dr. So-and-so, I asked you a question. Who called you to preach? And the man said, well, God did. And he said, good. And Pastor Olin picked up his Bible and said, would you mind giving me the book, chapter, and verse? (laughs) He said, in the same way that God spoke to your heart, and called you to preach. God speaks still today. He, do, he never says anything contrary to this word, but he does speak. 
So God doesn't speak to robots. He speaks to people. And here's number three. God speaks to friends. God speaks to friends. Numbers 33, 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. James 2, 23. And the, scriptures, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the what? The friend of God. You know, we're talking about, we're going to be talking in this series about how to hear God's voice, but this message is really why we want to hear God's voice. And I'm telling you, because God wants to be your friend. He could have created robots, but he didn't. He created people with wills and with the ability to hear and speak. Why? Because he wanted to, and we know he wanted to do this because this is what they did before the fall. Listen, he created us, listen, to walk and talk with us in the cool of the day. That's what he was doing before Adam and Eve fell, and that's what he wants to restore us to, to be able to talk to him. And I'll tell you something else. He calls you a friend even when you don't act the way you should, and even when I don't act the way I should. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. Zechariah 13, 6. If someone asks him, this is a messianic scripture in the Old Testament about Jesus, what are these wounds on your body? He will answer the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. Matthew 26, when Judas betrayed him, verse 48, now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him away. That, that's, that blows me away. The one who betrayed him, Jesus still called him a friend. And then in John 15, where we started, two verses before where we started, verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. This past February was my 35th birthday, spiritual birthday. In other words, February the 16th, 1981 is when I was saved. So for 35 years now, I've been a believer. April the 23rd, 2000 is when Gateway Church started, 16 years ago this weekend. I'm going to say something that might shock you. But my greatest memories over the past 16 years and the past 30 years are not what God has done for me, but they are what God has said to me. I can go back to the things that God has spoken to me, and they've changed my life. And I want your life changed too. One morning, I was having my quiet time. And I was giving God my to-do list. 
We, we call that prayer. But you know what I'm saying. I was telling God the things he needed to do while I was out, you know, doing things for him. Okay. These are things I need you to get done. And I'm going through the list, and I didn't have much time. But you just you want to pray before I go, you know. So I'm giving God this to-do list. I didn't realize I was, but that's what I was doing. And it's, the Lord just stopped me and said, hey, 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 like that. He said, I, I know, I know this is important to you. And I know that I said for you to bring your petitions to me and let your requests be made known. I understand all that. I understand all that. But he said, but I, I know you. And I know you're about to leave. I know you. I know you have an appointment. I know you're about to leave. So he said, so let me just tell you. I'm going to take care of your list. I'll take care of that, okay? But before you rush out of here, could we just talk? for a few minutes. Would you just talk to me and let me talk to you? Can we just be friends? That's what I'm asking you. I'm asking every, every person, every campus, will you just be God's friend? I promise you, he's the best friend you'll ever have. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to just take a moment, and I just feel like we always say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because we do believe God speaks today. But I just want, you might just need to take a moment and just say like I had to in that day in my quiet time. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that my prayer life many times just consists of giving you the things I need you to do for me instead of asking you, what do you want to say to me? I really want Gateway Church, and I know there are many people watching on the internet and, and on television, and I'm glad you do, so this is for you too. But I have to say, as the pastor of Gateway Church, I'm really praying that Gateway Church goes to a new level in our understanding that God wants to speak to us, not just to give us direction, although He does want to do that but he wants to have a friendship with us. And I want us to have a friendship with God like we've never had before. I want, I want my friendship to be deeper. And we, we, we want to watch God and hear God move in a whole new level in our lives. We also want to pray for you if you're going through any type of a, a difficulty right now, finances, family, health, job, what, whatever. If you're going through something right now and you say, I just need someone to pray with me. The Bible says if two or three of you will agree, it will be done. We know, we know when we pray according to His will, He hears. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. If you need a prayer, uh, uh, for any area of your life, whichever campus you're attending, if you're in an overflow room, in just a moment, we're going to have one more worship song. As soon as we stand up, I want you just to stand up, step out and come, and, and let us pray for you, right? And, and maybe you've never come to the front for prayer. I just feel like I'm speaking to some, someone here, some few. 
that you, you need prayer. Please don't be embarrassed. So after our, I pray, we're going to stand at every campus, and when we stand, if you need prayer, you just step out. Come to the front of the room or the campus where you are and let us pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any prayer need today. In Jesus' name, amen.